0: Welcome to A Brief Healing. I am Sensei Raven Ekundayo. A Brief Healing is a new world within the THS podcast universe that BHW and I are going to bring to you a couple of times each month. Today, November 19th, is my birthday. A brother turned 39 years old today. Age is interesting. Folks put a lot of negative weight on it. However, I'm aware that I'm blessed to have even opened my eyes today so I'm thankful for every year and all the lessons I've learned. I'm officially on the march to 40, and I'm looking forward to the journey. But back to the topic. Today, I'll be focusing on wrestling. I've had an on-again, off-again love of wrestling since I was a kid. These days, I'm inching close to being off, (laughs) as the head of wrestling's biggest promotion, WWE, Vince McMahon, seems totally clueless as to what most fans want. He force-feeds you what he thinks is best, and the only time we can have a chance to truly feel heard is when his son-in-law, Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, and his promotion, NXT, put on stellar matches. That was quite apparent this past weekend, as they hosted two events, NXT War Games on Saturday and WWE Survivor Series on Sunday. I was pleased with NXT and pretty disgusted with Survivor Series. I want to know what all of you think. So I'm going to talk about both today. Interact with me all over social media, use THS podcast on IG and Facebook and underscore THS podcast on Twitter. You can also comment on SoundCloud and leave a review on Apple Podcast. We're available on most podcast streaming services as well. Give me some feedback. These rustling episodes will become better every time I know that you misfits are interacting with me and making your voices heard. So let's get started. First, I want to begin with NXT Takeover War Games. I was pretty satisfied with the majority of the show. I can say right now, before we even get into the match, that the thing that probably annoyed me the most was Velveteen Dreams match against T- Tommaso Ciampa, mostly because I feel like, and I don't, I don't know what it is that they're working with. I don't know if the goal is to slowly push velveteen toward being the face of nxt or if they're not going to give because he's, he's has yet to wear any gold at all that not the north american title not the nxt tag titles not the nxt title like nothing so i'm like i don't want them pushing him to maine and he never had an opportunity to even have gold in nxt you know so that bothered me most. But the show itself started off with Matt Riddle, who's one of the uh the newest wrestlers coming from the indie scene to NXT. So he came down and uh earlier in a pre-show, he was talking to Cassius Ono and they had an exchange back and forth. So Riddle came down and he said that he know he wasn't supposed to have a match tonight, but he wanted Cassius to come down to the ring. Now, I didn't see the pre-show, pre-show, but from what I can gather, Cassius said that he would end up doing something to him within like one second or something of that nature. So Cassius comes into the ring, the bell rings, and Matt Riddle literally hits him with a high knee, knocks out uh, Cassius Ono and gets a pin. Like this was literally, I would have to say in like two seconds (laughs) or, or, but between two and five seconds, I would put that because he had to get up in the air, hit him with the knee and then get down to cover him. So yeah, I would say probably within five seconds, he was able to get the win. Uh, But wow, like I'm sure at Cassius's age, he feels like he wants to get some of the younger guys over but he's also somebody who has never worn gold in NXT and he's a great wrestler like when he first got there they pumped him up a lot so I'm like hopefully when he gets to main he can have a little bit more of an impact and he doesn't get uh, delegated to being a Ty Dillinger which is a sad story all in of itself uh, if you're a wrestling fan and you're listening to this you know exactly what I'm talking about the uh, next match ended up being Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler and I wanted Kyrie because I want Shayna to go to uh, Maine, but I'm realizing that will probably be difficult for her now that Marina Shafir and uh, Jessamine Duke have now entered uh, NXT, and they are a part of the Four Horsemen, of oh, the four horse women excuse me uh the um UFC's version of the four, four horse women along with uh Ronda Rousey the four of them together so if the two of them entering i'm seeing it's probably more like a mentorship type thing right now that's happening with Shayna so they're probably not going to pull her away too quickly so it may be time for Kyrie to head up to Maine. And that's what ended up happening in this match is Shayna ended up going over. The match started with Shayna getting um an advantage pretty early on as Marina and uh Jessamine uh they interrupted and ended up doing something. I it's kind of losing me right now. I was taking notes, and that was one thing that I forgot to do was to say exactly what they did to her. But they distracted her in a way that made it so um Shayna was able to get Kyrie to tap out. And so that was the first win fairly early on. It was less than five minutes into the match where she was able to do that. And so she had one win. So in my head, I was like, this would be so awesome if Kyrie could end up winning two uh, back-to-back. That ended up not being the case, though. Um, She did end up getting the second fall. She ended up uh, dropping the elbow down on the flying elbow, which uh, they call it, what is the exact name of the elbow? I'm taking all of these notes and I'm like, I need to make sure I'm getting more and more specific. It's the very first episode. <laughs> so bear with me. <laughs> so after she got that, it was uh one and one. Then the third fault ends up going to Shayna as Dakota Kai and Eo Shirai, 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 I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, came down to assist Kairi so that it could be three on three. So the two of uh, Eo. I O. so one of you guys correct me with the way that I'm saying that. I'll just go on YouTube after this and <laughs> make sure that I have the 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 proper uh, enunciation. I can't stand when people say people's last names or first names wrong. So I'll make sure I have that correct for the next time we have a wrestling episode. But she ended up hitting this absolutely beautiful moonsault. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it was phenomenal. And she landed on them knock them out outside the ring. so all parties were knocked out with the exception of uh, Kyrie and Shayna. So uh, Kyrie goes up to the top and she goes to drop the elbow again. however the way she lands makes it so Shayna's able to flip her over and she holds her uh, shoulders down for the pin and so she ends up winning. So I thought that sucked but again you know it's a situation where okay uh, you're you're gathering that it's probably Kyrie who's about to go up to main. So then it was uh, Alistair Black versus Johnny Gargano, and there's a, a some history that ended up going between them. As Johnny Gargano ended up being the reason why Alistair Black ended up losing his title, the NXT title. And Tommaso Ciampa ended up beating him at the time. Johnny and Tommaso were going back and forth in this epic rivalry that has been like damn near a year, and. As they were uh tuggling with t- tuggling, is that is that a word? Tugging back and forth <laughs> with the NXT title, Alistair came walking up behind Johnny. Tommaso let go of the belt and uh Johnny ended up knocking out uh Alistair by mistake. Tommaso sent Johnny out of the ring and ended up pinning Alistair to become the new champion. So of course Alistair blamed uh Johnny for losing the title and he ended up giving him a black mask, which is his finisher spinning kick uh during I believe there was an interview the two of them were having and so there's a point where Alistair ends up getting taken out outside and there's this long storyline going on about who took out Alistair Black so, this goes on for weeks of uh, no one knowing, and then Nikki Cross, who was a part of a group called Sanity, and I'm a part of me is sitting here wondering, is this the reason why they didn't send her up to SmackDown so she could be a part of this storyline, which was very interesting, as the rest of Sanity went up, but she didn't. But she was the only one who knew exactly who did it. So, finally, it arrived at the point where she shared with Alistair Black who it was, but we didn't know. Alister knew. So he's standing in the ring, uh, he comes down to confront R- Will- William Regal, who is the general manager of NXT, and he wants to know where this person is, the person who attacked him. So the person comes from behind, and they did a great job with camera angles, so you didn't see exactly who it was until they were in the ring, and they super kick and knock out Alistair Black, and it's Johnny Gargano. So he has a heel turn, but the whole thing is, is that with this heel turn, he's still talking about how he is the true good guy. And so they ended up having a match here at war games, a great back and forth, lots of awesome, uh, I can, I can be honest and say that the match wasn't as exciting as I expected it to be. It ended up being really good, really good, but I believe the two of them could have done so much more. I felt like for the storyline, there should have been more that went along with it, but it was it was a great match. It was, it was. I think after a while, when you get used to how awesome the takeovers are, you have a certain expectation. And so this match didn't really hit that for me, but it was still really good. And in the end, uh, there were, wow, the ending was something else. There were two black masses from um, Alistair Black to Johnny uh, Gargano And he hit him once, and uh, Johnny Gargano fell into Alistair Black's chest, and he pushed Johnny Gargano back up and did black mass again and knocked him out, and both of them looked like they hit him square on the jaw, and he got the victory. I personally feel like the storyline shouldn't be over just yet. That's just me. Uh, If Johnny and Tommaso can go on for damn near a year, then (laughs) there should be a little bit more to Johnny and uh, Alistair. So, next up ended up being the, uh, the NXT title, which is Tommaso Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream. I spoke of that earlier, and this was a great match. Velveteen Dream is phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He really is. Uh, I have several favorite wrestlers in NXT and in WWE. Well no, I think no. I think Velvete- Velveteen and Alistair are my two favorites in NXT. Uh in 205 Live, it's Leo and Mustafa Ali. And on main uh who would it be? Oh, Ricochet, I'm sorry. What? In NXT Ricochet. Ricochet, Velveteen Dream. Um but yeah, on Main, I'm trying to think of who my favorites are. It'll always be Cesaro. Uh, i have a hard time thinking of who the other people are though yeah i'm like going through my head right now and i'm like i'm probably gonna have to get back to that because (laughs) i'm thinking of me and i'm just like i get annoyed so easily by all of them but uh but yeah so uh aj styles is awesome but yeah so uh they have their match a good back and forth Uh, a lot of near falls oh my god it was so awesome the two of them were like blown by each other because neither neither of them would give in uh they they wouldn't and it was so beautiful to see this back and forth between two people where i don't know how many one-on-ones they've had with each other but i definitely felt their chemistry and velveteen is a star he really is you know and it's slipping my mind right now the exact I believe that Tommaso Ciampa, because, of course, with War Games, there are two rings next to each other, and there's this still grate that's in between connecting both rings, and I believe Tommaso DDT'd Velveteen onto the um, the metal grating and rolled him inside to get the pin. I think so, but uh, either way, Tommaso ended up winning, and I'm just sitting here like I need for Velveteen to have a title. I just do. I don't At this point, I don't care what title it is. Uh, just give him give him tag team with somebody if you want to. I just need him to have some gold before he goes up to Maine Because these days, you can be a superstar in NXT, and you go up to Maine and Vince has no idea what to do with you. No idea. Which is why I'm so happy that Vince gave Triple H 205 Live. Because the minute he gave it over to, to uh, Triple H, you saw a total change in the product. It became less about gimmicks. And, and more about wrestling and you can always tell triple h's touch because it always becomes more about wrestling and less about the entertainment side of sports entertainment but yeah so the next match ended up being uh war games which was the war raiders pete dunn and ricochet against undisputed era and this was an awesome match Like, seriously, (laughs) a really awesome match. Specific shout out to Hanson of War Raiders. That dude, wow. Like, like, War Raiders are awesome, but if Hanson ever decided to go solo, that dude would be a beast. Seriously. Like, dude did a handspring, a double elbow to two of the members of... Um, undisputed era like this dude has to be like a smooth three something like and he i'm gathering he may be like six foot four or something like that dude's crazy insane like dude was flying he did like a flying splash onto um kyle o'reilly onto the table like dude was the mvp as far as i'm concerned he was the mvp and so it was it was awesome watching this match uh, there were great high spots Um, there was, I forgot the name of Ricochet's finisher, but he did that from the very top of the cage, knocking out everyone. There were just so many really, really good spots. And with some of them when they were, cause and during war games, your team is in a cage until the timer goes down and then the next member can come running in. And with several of the people, they allowed them an opportunity to really come in there and show out when they got into the cage. Hanson being one of them. Uh, roger strong being another roger good lord like ricochet took a lot of bumps (laughs) he took a lot of bumps and it was so it was so interesting because he he went through so much that i was like dude if he's able to do anything and actually win in the end he's phenomenal and he's gonna need to sleep for hours because he has to be in pain uh but in the end um pete dunn ended up dropping his finisher on Adam Cole, and then Ricochet hit, uh, I believe it was a frog splash, they didn't show you exactly what Ricochet did, he just came down with a splash on top of Adam Cole, and then uh, Ricochet and Pete Dunne both covered Adam Cole for the win, so Undisputed Era won last year, but they didn't win two years in a row, so that was awesome, okay, then, moving on to the Clusterfuck, which was Survivor Series. I'm just going to go ahead and get through this really quick. I took a lot of notes, but honestly, whatever. So, it started with, if we're being honest, it started with the uh, the men's tag, and that was on the kickoff show, and I didn't even watch it, because once I found out that they didn't even count it, SmackDown won with the Usos being the sole survivors, but it didn't count and everywhere all over social media including some of the wrestlers are like why did we even have the match if it's not going to count for anything smackdown had a win spoiler alert raw ended up running the table and they won the whole thing every single solitary match so it's like what what the blemish was real smackdown won the kickoff show that was a, a old-fashioned elimination Survivor Series match, so why wasn't it counted? Anyway, once the actual main show began, we had the women's elimination match, uh, and I think this was the only one where I actually took down who eliminated who or whatever. Um, uh, uh, Naomi was eliminated first by Tamina. Uh, then Tamina she was eliminated then Mickey was eliminated Carmella was eliminated Mandy Rose was eliminated Bailey and Sonya Deville were both eliminated together via count out Sasha Banks was eliminated when Nia Jax pushed her off of the top rope mind you her teammate pushed her off of the top rope I think she was probably going for like maybe a frog splash or something with Asuka Asuka ended up putting um ended up putting Sasha into the Asuka lock and ended up eliminating her. But before uh, Asuka had an opportunity to get up off of the mat from the Asuka lock, Naya dropped about three legs on her and then got the pin. Naya had mega heat. Like, the most, wow. Like, her heat was dumb. She walked out and the boos were, I feel like you could probably hear them, two blocks down from the arena. They almost booed her out of there, but to her credit, she leaned into it, you know, and so they're calling her the face breaker now after what she did to um, Becky Lynch, which initially I thought they were saying that she threw an elbow by mistake at Becky Lynch, but they actually showed video of what happened. Naya straight up punched uh, Becky Lynch in the face, like full on fist. So I'm sitting here and I'm confused because I'm like first why was your fist balled up that strongly (laughs) that you had the power to pretty much completely shift Becky's face over what like when you see it she's looking right at her when she punched her so I'm like oh okay but yeah so she's heat heat now so you know there, there were rumblings that people were saying that there's a possibility that her push with Tamina may end up being um may end up being taken away now, but now it seems like Tamina once again, because Tamina can never, she can never truly rise high. Um, It looks like the whole tag idea of the two of them may be pushed to the side because Naya is really been pushed as this mega heel mega and because of what she did to bailey i mean not bailey to becky it's going to be interesting to see if she can even stay on because they're they're going to want becky wants Rhonda, becky wants naya and both are on a totally different brand from her so it's like what are they going to do she needs to be able to get revenge you know so i don't know what that's going to look like because they're not going to wait until survivor series of next year in order for it to happen so But yeah, I got ahead of myself. Uh, Nia was the sole survivor for the women's team. So again, that put Raw up. So then there was Shinsuke versus Seth Rollins, the uh, United States champion versus the Intercontinental champion. This match bored me to tears. From start to finish, bored me to tears. It was their very first time ever fighting one another. And I guess it showed, even with the two of them being as amazing as they both are, I feel like Shinsuke has been watered down. Uh, When he became a villain, it seemed like he was going to finally reach new heights. Now, mind you, by becoming a villain, he finally got a title, but he just, oh god, like, his greatness just seems like it's non-existent, and Seth is a, a match machine. He can put on classics all day, every day, so this match just felt like it was a waste of time to me. Seth ended up going over with the curb stomp. But I don't, I don't know, like it, because the thing is, Shinsuke hit him with a Kinshasa and I'm sorry, Shinsuke, because I hate that Americans pronounce his name as Shinsuke, it sounds lazy, Uh, Shinsuke ended up hitting uh, the um, Kinshasa on Seth and Seth kicked out. And so when Seth hit him with the curb stomp, I'm like, okay, people rarely get up from the uh, Kinshasa, but yet he got up but he hit you with the curb stomp and you didn't get up. So it's clearly telling you which move is considered to be the better of the two. Uh but yeah, boo boring match. Then there was this absolutely dumb tag team match with The Bar and AOP, The Authors of Pain. It was I don't again, The Bar are phenomenal, AOP are destructive. So you're watching this match and at, I don't know at this point I was kind of out of the pay-per-view because I'm counting. You're know, like I'm counting the matches and I'm saying to myself if so and so wins this, then it's all done when it comes to um, SmackDown. So, and SmackDown needs to win because it was going to make three years in a row that Raw was dominant. So, what, storyline wise, this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So, um, there's a point in the match where uh, Drake Maverick ends up helping out AOP and puts because he's their manager. Drake Maverick ends up putting one of their feet on the ropes so uh, the bar couldn't win. So then he ends up running away from one of the members of the bar but he's caught by Big Show. Big Show lifts him up like he's going to go for a choke slam but puts him so his feet are on the mat. So he's standing up on the uh, on the um the ring now. Um next to the turnbuckle. So you see this whole thing going on and you're like why is Drake Maverick like playing around by his genitalia? Like what's going on? it was really weird, and you could see, if you're paying attention, you could see Big Show kind of looking behind at the camera or something like that, I don't know what's going on, but it was way too much time taken in that space, because I'm I'm sitting here thinking, is somebody supposed to be attacking Big Show from behind and no one's doing it, like, what's going on, it was really weird, but out of nowhere, you begin to see urine coming down Brig uh, Maverick's leg, So, it's like, was there some type of contraption in his pants that he was having a hard time getting to work? Can he pee when he feels like it? Like, it was very, very weird. Very weird. So, Big Show lets out a laugh and walks away from him. And you're sitting here like, why did that even matter? But AOP ends up hitting their finisher on Sheamus and getting the pin. So, once again, uh, Raw has the win. So, at this point, I'm like, the only way they're going to be able to, uh, they're going to be able to, because at this point, they can't win. They can only tie. Now, if SmackDown's first win was counted, then yes, SmackDown could have had a win. But since they weren't counting the very first match, and kudos to Corey Graves, he kept saying, which unfortunately, as the show went on, he got to the point where he was like, well, I mean, it kind of counts. No, bitch, it completely counts. Like, don't let them, anyway. So, I'm like, all they can do is tie at this point. So they have the men's match, the men's uh, Survivor Series match, and uh, no, I'm sorry, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy was next, best match of the night, duh, well, no, because um, Charlotte versus Ronda was awesome, so I'll say they they were co-best, so Mustafa and Buddy Murphy, and I put in my notes, easily, best, best, best match of the night, high spot after high spot, and then I put, I'm tired of Mustafa Ali getting a chance to perform in the biggest stages and never getting the title, which is, what I really feel that way, you know? It's like, Mustafa Ali is honestly the heart of 205 Live, he is the workhorse. Mustafa Ali would be considered the Seth Rollins of 205 Live, and the fact that he doesn't have a title to show for it is silly. Um, also 205 live like the women's division is going to eventually have to get to a point where they have more than one title it just can't be the the cruiserweight title the whole time that's that's not a thing but he and buddy murphy put on an awesome match because they're awesome wrestlers lots of high spots and in the end um buddy murphy ended up hitting murphy's law on uh mustafa and getting the win and so to buddy's credit at least it wasn't you know he won in Australia, and then lost it, his very next title defense, at least he got to keep, you know, he he can say he had a win on his belt at one of the major four pay-per-views, but with Mustafa, I'm like, I don't know if they're leading him to Royal Rumble or WrestleMania, but dude needs that title, he deserves it, and at this point, I'm just like, hopefully they don't do a Cedric to him, because Cedric was phenomenal, but the minute he finally got that belt, it's like he just became the most boring person on 205 Live, just, Again, watered down. Uh, so, yeah, then there was the men's elimination um, Survivor Series match. So, I put in my notes Drew McIntyre eliminates Samoa Joe in less than five minutes uh, with the Claymore, which he did, which made no sense. But you begin to say to yourself, once you see what happens in the end, maybe that's the reason why they took out Samoa Joe so early. If I was Joe, I would have been pissed though, because I'm Joe, I'm an awesome wrestler, and I deserve to shine. But anyway. Uh, Ray Mysterio eliminated Finn Balor with the 619 and dropped the dime, um, and then the match ended up just being over because Braun Strowman came in and took out uh, the entire rest of the team, Like, and I, I know that there are parts that I left out of that match, but that's because the match was just dumb, because last year uh, Braun Strowman ended up being, what was he, like the sole survivor or something, this year he comes in and he drew and Lashley ended up as the sole survivor, I mean, as the survivors but it's like, what? Braun Strowman was out for the majority of the match because he went through a table. And when he went through a table, I was like, this isn't going to look good because didn't they do the same thing to him last year? So he finally comes back into the match and literally takes out four members of SmackDown. There's only five, you know? Samoa Joe was the first person. After that, all of the other members were still there. Braun Strowman came in and took all of them out. Bullshit. So at this point, I'm just like, you can turn off the whole pay-per-view, but then we get Charlotte versus Ronda, and wow, seriously, wow, like, these women fought, there's a point in the match where, uh, Charlotte hits Ronda with an elbow by mistake, but it busts Ronda's mouth open, and it plays into the storyline so beautifully, because the match was brutal, it was so brutal. And in the end, I don't know if the storyline was supposed to be Charlotte felt like she couldn't defeat Ronda or what, but Ronda comes around, comes flying around the ring to come after Charlotte on the outside. Charlotte has a kendo stick and hits her in the stomach, but she's not over. Like Charlotte breaks the kendo stick over her back. Like she goes in, she goes in on Ronda and she just keeps beating her up and beating her up. They have people come down to try to stop it, but uh, Charlotte just keeps going back to her, and it looks like Shonda, I mean Shonda, it looks like Charlotte snaps, I just combined their names, um, and a part of me is like, I don't know if this is the storyline, they were going to go with, with Becky or what, but it worked, if Becky was already a heel, so if the goal was, they were just going to make her snap on Rhonda, the audience was going to pop for it, but it was going to look different, than Charlotte who was supposed to be the face, defending Becky, going in and then snapping, Like, there's no way Charlotte's gonna be able to be a face now. Like, (laughs) or if she is a face, she can go back and just say, you know, I lost my cool, you know, I was thinking of Becky, all this stuff, and I guess she could come back, the audience is gonna cheer for her. They're gonna pop for her heavy on Tuesday, because what ended up happening is that Ronda has already reached Roman status, where the audience is like, we feel like she's being pushed in our throat, we don't like it. So, they were completely against it. Rhonda was getting booed. If there wasn't a point where they were chanting for Charlotte, they were chanting for Becky. There weren't Rhonda chants, you know? Um, So, Rhonda was severely scarred up by the time she left that ring. Her chest was just welted, just covered, just red from all of the chops from uh, Charlotte. Her body was all bruised from the kendo sticks and stuff. Charlotte ended up putting a chair on Rhonda's throat. And what has, in the past, taken somebody out for months, storyline-wise, she was able to get up and walk away from. That's confusing to me, but nobody else seems to have mentioned that. But yeah, she dropped um, an, either a foot or a knee onto the chair, messing up uh, Rhonda's throat. So when Rhonda was finally able to leave, she got up and she walked out. But it was just like, w- what? Like... And so the audience is cheering for Becky and they're also saying you deserve it. And Rhonda had a look on her face like, fuck all of you, like seriously. So it's so funny because it ended up being a double heel turn, which would be cool with me, but the whole raw roster is damn near villains at this point. I think you have Becky, Sasha, Natalia, and that's like all of your faces, but, <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was a, a really cool match then you get Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryant. and I, I don't know I don't know whatever like Daniel should have won I'm tired of Brock Lesnar like I'm I'm so I'm so done I'm so done like why why is Brock still there why is it that once Roman was no longer able to wrestle, you decided to put the belt back on him and not on Braun like it doesn't make any sense When is Drew McIntyre just going to come and claim more of the hell out of Brock Lesnar and take him out? I'm done. I'm done with this storyline of him being this beast that's, like, so undefeatable. Good. Fine. We're done. We're done. Him being champion is holding back from so many storylines. And I've listened to other people who have talked about, back in the Attitude Era, how the title flipped around quite a bit, and it did. And it still made for really good television, you know? You had the, the title changing regularly on television, and it was awesome. The audience was really into it. But now it's like you hardly ever, like, months go by. Months and months go by without that universal title changing. And the universal title, I mean, you can still count on your ten fingers how many people have held it. Can you count? Was is it, is it five fingers? It might be five fingers. Yeah. What was it? Finn? Kevin? Roman? Brock? Has there been anybody other than the four of them? like it's it's insane it doesn't it doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense whatsoever um but yeah so daniel Bryan pretty much gets killed for the majority of the match um he does a great job of being this awesome heel i'm gonna love him as this version of heel daniel like he's not annoying heel he's like nasty destructive heel you know and so he's mocking the hell out of Brock Brock finally gets his hands on him and just destroys him just suplex after suplex after suplex after suplex suplex, just tossing him around everywhere and then finally there's a point where um Daniel Bryan's able to get the upper hand and he goes in and for a minute there feels like this glimmer of hope because he does this low blow kick to Brock audience goes up And he just goes in, like he hits him with the knee, he hits him with that flying knee so many damn times, but the only time you feel like he could possibly win is when he gets him in the yes lock, and there's a point where Brock's face, like his eyes are bulging, his face is red, and you're thinking there's a possibility he actually could win, but then you know in your heart, Vince would never allow Daniel Bryan to beat Brock Lesnar, and so in the end, Brock Lesnar ends up dropping him with the F5, and he wins, and you're sitting here like a clean sweep, really. Like again, whatever. Like <laughs> and this is why I'm saying I'm at a point now where I feel like I'm gonna have to start paying more attention to Ring of Honor and TNA and New Japan and Lucha Underground. Because if I keep letting my soul focus being on WWE, I'm going to get really, really annoyed. Because Vince McMahon has no idea to do with Maine. No idea what to do. None whatsoever. Uh, so let's cross our. Oh, that was gonna be really dark. Let's just hope at some point Triple H can take over everything, and we can get to great wrestling and stop putting belts on men who are who look like superheroes when we know that the best wrestlers often are not those people. So anyway. That is my thoughts on NXT Takeover War Games and WWE Survivor Series. Let me know what you think. Once again, you can walk with me on social media at Scorpiogi across all platforms, and again, THS Podcast on Facebook and uh, Instagram, and underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys for uh, flowing with me as we go through our very first episode of. A brief healing. I hope that you continue to check us out for our regular episodes. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and all and most streaming services for podcasts as well. Enjoy those episodes. Hope you guys become a fan. Hope you guys support. You're now part of the Misfit family. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and share. Until next time, we love you. Namaste.